And so as always, every guest is special. I've got a really extra special guest with me today. I've got author and historian David Turk. And David is the author of a number of books, but the one we're going to talk about today is Here Lies Billy the Kid. I can't wait to get into this. David, welcome to the show. Appreciate you being here. Well, thank you, Michael. Yeah, of course. Absolutely. So uh, first, before we talk about the book, you ha- how many books have you written? Uh, I am now writing my eighth right now. Eighth. So you've been a real slacker, huh? only eight books. Well, I've been a slacker the last couple of years. I, I haven't, uh, I've been working uh, pretty, pretty slowly on this new one. Mm-hmm. And you are also the official historian for the U.S. Marshal Service. Do I have that correct? Yes, sir. What is, tell me what that entails, being the official historian. Well, um, there, I'm the second historian from the uh, U.S. Marshal Service. Uh, the first was hired in 1985 uh, for the bicentennial of the agency, which my agency began in 1789, we're the oldest federal law enforcement agency. Uh, So there's lots of history to cover from colonial, you know, from post-colonial times all the way to present day. Um, So it keeps me quite busy. We have a museum that uh, I'm involved with and they're in the last stages. We're working with a foundation uh, who is uh, going to open the doors, I'm hoping, by the end of this year or the beginning of next year in Fort Smith, Arkansas. Oh, nice. Very cool. And among ahead, other please. things, I do inquiries. Um, I write articles. Um, I pretty regularly write a lot of internal articles these days. I, I wrote more externally um, you know, a decade ago. Uh, but now we, you know, with the advent of social media, uh, magazines are not as prevalent. So I do some uh, working with social media um, as well. And I'm not terribly good at it. I'm, a, I'm an old dinosaur. No, I'm 58. I'm not far behind you. Oh, 58. Well, so am I. Same age. I was born ah, in six, 64. When's your birthday? 64. Yes. Uh, Groundhog Day. Groundhog Day, February. Uh, well, it was last week. Yes. <laughs> so I, I am your, I'm your senior by just a few weeks, January nineteenth. So uh, now you have to answer my questions because I'm one of your elders. <laughs> I can't be called a young whippersnapper. <laughs> hey, uh, before we get into the book again, so there were uh, uh, some number of deputy U.S. marshals involved in the life and times of Billy the Kid in the Lincoln County War. Bob Ollinger was one. Uh, who were the others that would have that names we would recognize? Oh, well, I mean, there were there were plenty because the Lincoln County War involved uh, the U.S. Marshals pretty intimately, in, at least in the beginning. Um, there were two U.S. Marshals who were uh, or deputy U.S. Marshals who were appointed by the presidentially appointed U.S. Marshal from Santa Fe. Uh, that would have been John Sherman uh, during that time. And he was a uh, nephew of William Tecumseh Sherman. Hmm. of civil war fame uh but uh, he actually deputized the sheriff in lincoln i think you know uh numerous times and it was kind of a tradition uh mainly because and and i kid you not the marshals did not like going to lincoln because <laughs> of the reputation it had and so he hi- he appointed two deputy u.s marshals and they ended up on the opposite sides of each other during the lincoln county war it it did nothing but heighten it. So who are those two? 
Uh, that would have been, um, I believe, uh, one was um, uh, Pat, or, or I'm sorry, Sheriff uh, William Brady. Mm-hmm. Uh, eventually, you know, Pat Garrett would have his turn in the same uh, in the same way as sheriff. Uh, the The other one, I believe, was a uh, a German uh, friend of his, and it's uh, Wiedemann, Robert Wiedemann. Oh yeah, mm-hmm. right. Yeah, when Wiedemann was kind of a sharper uh, out of New York state. Um, his, his family, uh, you know, he kind of went out there, became friends with, with Tunstall, the, uh, uh, the English uh, rancher who was a friend of Billy, the kid. So you can see which side gravitated the witch. Yeah, sure. All right. So here lies Billy, the kid, um, which is available at probably everywhere. Books are sold at, yeah, I, I got my copy on Amazon is if you look at the cover, you might be fooled into thinking it's a book about Billy the Kid's grave. And ostensibly it is, but it's about really so much more than that. Um, and it's, I'm, I'm going to let you uh, <laughs> talk about it because I've got just a ton of questions, but it really is more about the fight for Billy the Kid's grave, or maybe more accurately, his remains, almost a Lincoln County War 2.0. So, can you give us a, just a brief overview of what the book is about uh, for those people that uh, are going to go and order it here in the short order? Michael, you couldn't have put that better. I think uh, you, you hit the gist of it. Um, I think, yes, by the cover of it, which was uh, designed by the publisher, um, I, I believe uh, Dan Edwards uh, did the publish, uh, did the, not only the publishing, but he also did the schematic for the artwork or had it, had it done. Um, it it's a, just kind of shows you a little bit of, you know, who's in there and uh, more importantly, not who's in there, but where was it going to be? And I think there was a 2.0 uh, battle in 1961 and 1962, uh, but really between two counties. And that was uh, DeBaca and Lincoln. Um, and it was based uh, and involved officials from both counties. So they, it became kind of a political thing. It did not start that way, uh, but it ended up that way. In, so. uh, in reading the book, I read about the old Lincoln County Memorial Commission, the Lincoln County Historical Society, and then the Lincoln County Board of Commissioners. And who was the, the driving force? Because there was there's a lawsuit, which we'll talk about. And the attempt is Let's get Billy's remains out of Fort Sumner. Let's put them into Lincoln. So which organization was the driving force behind this court case? Okay. Uh, the first you mentioned, the Memorial Commission. Mm-hmm. That was, the, I believe, the first. If, if, I, if my memory serves. What are the other two that you, can you run the, by me? The Lincoln County Historical Society. And then, of course, the Lincoln County Board of Commissioners, which would be the, you know, the, uh, the legally elected or appointed group. Each of them had a role, but I mean, the historical society at that particular moment was not as, um, I, I guess the Memorial Society was probably stronger in a way because they were, they were preservationists and uh, it was the preservation part of it that uh, started this whole thing off, at least from the official standpoint. Uh, the Lincoln County Board of Commissioners really only became involved uh, when they started getting serious about uh, doing a petition and trying to involve 
uh, folks. And I think they thought it was going to be easier than it was. And I think that's probably one of the things that that had it. The historical society, um, yes, they were they were still uh, uh, very much part of it. But the the main bulk of this story, whoop, can you hear them? Yeah, yeah, I hear you. Can, <laughs> can we stop for a second? I'm gonna, yeah, I'm absolutely. Gonna let them out. Of course. I hope I'm not confusing you here. Do you like westerns? Do you like new movies? Do you want to see something you haven't seen before? You can go stream my brand new movie, 30 Seconds in Hell, a supernatural retelling of the gunfight at the OK Corral, right now on Vimeo. That's V-I-M-E-O dot com. The movie brings back to life all of the gunfighters of the OK Corral, their women, their friends, their enemies, and they're brought to a mysterious saloon on the edge of nowhere, resurrected from the grave. They get one chance to either get it right fight it out again and if they do we'll win you can stream 30 seconds in hell right now on vimeo.com v-i-m-e-o and just search for 30 seconds in hell hope you enjoy it okay so through the wonders of technology we're back and uh and uh, your your cat has found a comfortable resting spot. I hope my my cat has been uh, outside. As you can see, uh, he has his own mind. Uh, <laughs> yeah, that's what you get with a seventeen year old cat. Of course. So the Lincoln County Historical Society, kind of the uh, the driving force behind this, uh, but all these different. What was the initial stated intent? Like, why did all of these groups want to officially want to bring Billy's remains to Lincoln? Well, I think what it really started as as I wrote in uh, here lies Billy the kid. It was more of a personal thing. Um, you know, the Co family, the Co brothers, or cousins. I'm sure they weren't brothers. Uh, they were cousins. And they wanted to bring the body back, and there was some informal um, trips out to try to gather um, support for that, and they just it just never went anywhere during their lifetimes. Um, it, but more during their their children's lifetimes, you know, after after they passed. But uh, there didn't seem to be a lot of resistance, you know, back in those times. Fort Sumner at that point uh, viewed it a little differently than they do now. Um, but I, I think that's logical thinking. Uh, if I were Fort Sumner, I would be thinking about, well, you know, would I wouldn't I want people to come here and see? Mm-hmm. You know that sort of thing, but that wasn't their only intent. As I think some of it was sanctity of the the body and all of that. Mm-hmm. I mean, it kind of it depends on who you ask. <laughs> yeah, sure. As as always. So yes. So part of it was historical that you know, Lincoln County thought better uh, better to have Billy here. Uh, part of it may have been financial. There obviously was a struggle for tourism dollars um, during those days. So so overall. Lincoln County thought this is just a good idea all around. Is, is that a good summary? I think so, because at that time, the uh, preservation uh, had just begun and uh, they thought, hey, this would be a good idea. Why don't we bring him back and, you know, rejoin him with his friends? Mm-hmm. You know, his because really they viewed Billy the Kid as a you know, Lincoln Countyite, you know, not somebody from Fort Sumner. Mm-hmm. So for their side, it was more or less a, 
you know, yes, it was tourism dollars, but it was more than that. And, and, and they felt it was like a, a hand and glove sort of thing. Sure. Um, and of course, uh, the one thing they didn't do was they didn't sound the waters when they decided to do that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Was there ever a point in this? It seemed to me while reading the book that at first, Debaca County uh, maybe didn't put up much of a fight or didn't take it very seriously. Was there ever a point where this could have been an easy transition and and the officials in Debaca County said, yeah, OK, we, we see your point? Or was was it opposition right from the start? Uh, actually, well, I mean, I think there there probably might have been some. I mean, the waters never got tested there early on while uh, Billy the Kid's compatriots were still alive. If Co had personally come forth and said, you know, I'll pay for the removal, it, it's very possible back in those days they might have done it. But this was pre-preservation, pre-tourism. Nobody was even really thinking too much about tourism at that point. So it was though they asked when the tourism was coming up and of course, Fort Sumner had been bypassed um, by, I believe the railroad uh, later on the highway uh, system. Um, Actually, they, I guess they're, are they on the railroad line? I don't believe they are. There's a railroad line that touches it from the North and then heads, uh, heads east along 60, but does not run down and through town. Yeah, but it was at, at that time, I don't think there was even that. Mm-hmm. And they, they they were literally bypassed and cut off in certain ways. So they their money was, you know, they were hurting financially. Yeah. Um, and they could have used the tourism. And, you know, they heard about what Lincoln was doing. And I think they, they didn't take them seriously at first. They didn't think it was something that really could have really happened. Uh, you know, by the 1960s. Right. So into this fray walks a redheaded uh, beautician and cosmetologist from New York City named Lois Telfer. Yes. Um, And as I understand it, if there was going to be an exhumation, there had to be a family member that made the request, the next of kin that made that request. It couldn't just be Lincoln County saying, hey, dig them up and and bring them over here. Do I have that right? Correct. Because there were you know, people alongside, you couldn't just uh, exhume the body uh, unless there was a you know, criminal reason. And really there wasn't, mm-hmm. um, you know, you, this, this kind of order, because there were also bodies that could be alongside. Mm-hmm. And um, uh, as well known that Charlie Bowdry and uh, uh, Tom uh, O'Folliard or Folliard, depending on research, um, was buried there too. So, uh, yes, you needed families. So Lois, uh, uh, Lois Telfer says, uh, you know, from her, uh, her uh, grandfather, great-grandfather, great-grandfather, Oris Bonnie, that she's related directly to Billy Bonnie. And I wonder at that time, did anybody, did anybody check? Uh, was there any, <laughs> did, did they just like, I'm related to Billy Bonnie. Could I just say that and then go to court and, and ask for him to be exhumed? Her her claims uh, were enough to convince uh, some folks. It may have been on resemblance, but uh, or or by surname, you know, recognition or whatever. I, I was never fully convinced that that uh, Lois Telfer was the closest. Um, I believe she had some kind of uh, uh, some kind of uh, 
you know, some kind of lineage that she had put together. But I don't think there was much more than that. And uh, I think people were more willing to, to take it at face value. Has there been any evidence in the interim, what are we, 60 years later, that, that she actually was related to Billy or, and I don't want to skip too far ahead, but, you know, at the conclusion of this trial, did she just go and, you know, go into a corner and say, well, forget that? Oh, I believe she thought she was. This may have been a family tradition passed down. And I even get questions uh, being a historian myself uh, from people that say, oh, my great grandfather was a deputy U.S. Marshal. Well, 50% of the time I find that they're not, Um, but they believed, they believe that they are. And I believe in this particular case, we have two different versions of that going on. And mm-hmm. I've never found it. I look pretty, pretty deeply into the genealogy because I'm a bit of a genealogist too. It's kind of my specialty. Mm-hmm. And uh, I went all the way back into her Canadian roots and, and Michigan roots. I could not find, if there was a relationship, it was distant mm-hmm. at best. Got it. But at the time, she's generally accepted, at least by the folks in Lincoln County, who uh, she can uh, aid their cause. She's accepted as an heir or next of kin of Billy Bonnie. And so uh, she becomes, it almost seemed like she's a willing pawn, but she does become somewhat of a pawn in this idea of a family member petitioning the court to have his body moved. Uh, do you have a different take on that? No, that's pretty, well, that's pretty much my take. Um, I mean, if there was uh, something that was more concrete, I would probably have said so in the book. I could not find uh, much more than that. Um, And I think she probably enjoyed the attention. Um, She was generally accepted for that role. Got it. And so the the Historical Society, the Lincoln County Board of Commissioners, the local press in DeBaca and Lincoln County, they start... uh, sticking their chest out, right? They're writing editorials back and forth to each other, kind of uh, insulting or belittling the other side. And uh, this thing has not played out in the courts, but is definitely playing out in the court of public opinion. And into the fray walks a name that will be familiar to a number of uh, uh, Billy the Kid aficionados, uh, William Vernon Morrison, the uh, gentleman who represented Rushy Bill Roberts uh, and his uh, claim of being Billy the Kid. How did how did Morrison get involved in this? Um, it was actually quite interesting. Um, I put it pretty early in the book. I mentioned that there was a, a core group of people that were the prime movers, essentially in Lincoln County, that got together at a luncheon in uh, I believe it was June sixty uh, one. It was either May or June. And uh, they got together for for a luncheon and and Morrison was interested and involved and he kind of got himself inside to have lunch with these uh, uh, these folks and and get their take. But he was more of an observer than an actual sympathizer, though he he was kind of interested to see how this was going to play out. Uh, He was involved with Rushy Bill and he was uh, the primary involved in trying to introduce and get a pardon uh, for Brushy Bill. And uh, Brushy Bill, uh, you know, probably needs no introduction. Um, He came about in 1950, I believe, or maybe 1948, somewhere Mm -hmm. around there. Mm -hmm. And uh, he stated that, you know, he was Billy the Kid. And uh, Morrison set up a meeting between him and 
Governor Mabry. And uh, sadly, uh, it turned into kind of a debacle that uh, Roshi Bill ended up being castigated and several members of, of uh, uh, the Garrett family uh, were kind of surreptitiously invited um, without letting Morrison know. And I, I think he was furious because, you know, Rushy Bill was kind of balked at the cameras and at the questions. And, um, if there was any possibility of him being Billy the Kid, it probably was wiped out then and there. But he died a few weeks later, uh, I guess, out of the, the, the situation just bothered him that much. But uh, Morrison never forgave uh, New Mexico for that. So he wanted a way to kind of redeem himself. And this was a way that he could do it. He wanted to know himself because if he could say that Billy the Kid was not in that grave, had to be Brushy Bill, right? You know, you had a a possibility there, a ready-made possibility. But it's interesting that he uh, he aligns himself with Lincoln County, who wants to exhume the grave of Billy the Kid and bring his remains. Morrison has some ancillary, you know, goal or idea out of this. But right. people people would ask, well, wait a minute, why is he supporting exhuming the grave of somebody he says who's not even in there? And was was there any of that sentiment toward him being involved in this effort? I don't think uh, they they were just looking for any source of support at that particular time. So I don't think they were harboring that many suspicions about him then. But he really wasn't part. I mean, he was only friendly with the group to see what. I hate to say it, uh, what he could get uh, information wise. Mm-hmm. Um, and you can't blame him. I mean, after what he went through, uh, but this was an alter ulterior motive and it was pretty plain. It turned out to be pretty plain once I started, uh, getting into letters and so forth, yeah. but he did not stay on that side. He just initially, uh, wasn't inside. Yeah. And that's, uh, that's the twist at the end that had me uh, wondering, but we'll, we'll get there shortly. So, uh, so Lincoln uh, trots out Lois Telfer and says, here's a relative of Billy Bonney. And then uh, almost by accident, a, uh, I think he's a postman from Oklahoma named Lewis Bowdry mm-hmm. uh, gets involved and sees an, a newspaper article on this and says, Hey, this is my next of kin. I've got something to say about it. And so is that the way he got involved? Uh, because he wound up becoming a key figure uh, for the cause of DeBaca County and not moving Billy's remains. Well, he got involved. Louis Baudry got involved um, really not at the beginning. Um, he was kind of brought uh, into it in a way because uh, the attorney at that time on uh, state's attorney uh, was looking for witnesses uh, for an intervener motion. And that would be to uh, uh, cite the cause of the Bowdry family, not not removing the remains to not disturb other remains, notably Charlie Bowdry's. So uh, there was some uh, interesting uh, articles written, and I believe he did see it and he contacted uh, the state's attorney according to his daughter, who I interviewed uh, in Oklahoma. Uh, he did claim that, uh, and, I, and it's, once again, he, I believe he thought he was related. I never, and I looked seven generations back, and I could not find a, a direct relation 
between him and Charlie Bowdry, and he certainly wasn't the closest. There were many other. For, I'm sorry. There were many other relatives of Charlie Bowdry. If if uh, Dubaca County wanted to find some of them, they probably could have. Exactly. Without Lewis, right? Correct. Correct. So. So what we have now is uh, what's brewing into a court case between Lincoln and DeBaca County, driven by uh, <laughs> two people that apparently have no relation to the people in the ground that they say they do. Do I have, is, is that, is that fair? That would probably, I mean, it, it certainly looks like it. Um, I mean, I, I certainly think at least in the case of Boundary, I can probably say I'm on firmer ground there. Though, you know, once again, I believe he probably thought he was. There probably was some kind of family lore that came down. There was a Judge Bowdry, who was his uncle, I believe, uh, who was big in western Oklahoma. So, I mean, proximity-wise, yeah, I could see why he might have thought so. Uh, But I trace their line back, you know, to Missouri and and other places. Uh, Not not, uh, anywhere close to Charlie and I actually interviewed some of Charlie's closer relatives. I found them in Arkansas. Mm-hmm. So uh, some of his brother's folks. Uh, just curious as an aside, did you, uh, did you ask them when you interviewed them, would they have supported this? Do they have the same feelings as Lewis did? Do they, they want to let history lie as it is? They surprisingly, when I interview people about anything relating to Billy, the kid or, or, you know, when I did, the families were kind of shy to talk about it because they said, well, this guy's an outlaw. You know, we shouldn't be telling you about black in the family name. And it was kind of that way. When I interviewed uh, Betty, Betty Grab uh, was the granddaughter of uh, one of Charlie's brothers. And uh, she was, she told me in no, no plain terms that the family never talked about that. Uh, And except for one aunt who kind of let it slip you know, to her that, hey, you know, you're related, you know, to this, and yeah, Billy the Kid was involved, and so forth. Hmm. So, yeah, it was, it's interesting, the psychology of that. Definitely. So this all is winding down toward a court case. Lincoln is looking for a, a judge's authorization uh, uh, under the, the uh, request of Lois Telford to disinter the remains, move them to, a, I think it was, a, they were going to create a little park or something, a Billy the Kid Park and have a proper memorial and those kind of things. And DeBaca County says, you know, no pun intended, yeah, over our dead body, are you going right. to move him? And it becomes insulting there. Uh, Lincoln County, the press is writing about the poor condition of the grave and how, you know, what a, what a bad job that DeBaca County has done. And uh, you know, and highlighting this and they've made it commercial and garish and they've got a, you know, a, <laughs> a big sign on the highway. But ultimately, this is coming down to a court case. How long did this legal part of the case actually last? Um, well, legally, what the the steam that really started, the, the force behind the Lincoln County group was a guy uh, named Joe Sargent. And you, you probably read about him and his untimely death. Mm-hmm. Yes. Uh, in, in August of 1961, they really started about a month or so before he died. By the time uh, and, and what, what ended up happening was Joe Sargent was the guy who was fascinated with the story. And, you know, he was uh, the one who met Telfer at the airport a couple of times because she had come to visit Lincoln County uh, about three years in a row she had become kind of a pseudo celebrity. Um, so uh, 
his death from a, a gas main explosion uh, in the town of Carrizoso mm -hmm. uh, really took a lot out of the case. So it was, they had a lawyer involved and it was um, uh, Clarence C. Chase, C.C. Chase Jr. Uh, he was 37 at the time, uh, kind of inexperienced at the, the history of it, but certainly knew it. He was the grandson of Albert Fall, you know, which you know, all New Mexicans are uh, familiar with, a, a former uh, a cabinet person in the uh, Harding administration. And uh, he kind of carried the water from then into the actual physical filing phases, you know, during that period. By the time the intervener uh, documentation showed, it was well after Sergeant's death couple a couple months yeah so yeah and just a horrible death too gas explosion his wife is in the house the mirror kind of shatters in front of her and uh they they right. they, they try to save the guy but uh, but ultimately he succumbs to his injuries but there's a court case and uh, notably absent from the courtroom in debaca county is one lois telfer who would i would guess would be one of the star witnesses or the star witness for the uh, uh, for the the Lincoln County contingent, and she doesn't even right. show up. She's back in New York. What happened? Correct. Well, she she makes a series of excuses. Now she she is very close to uh, uh, one of the uh, uh, I guess daughters of one of the co brothers, um, Helena Lemay, or Le, I guess that's her. That her Lemay, mm -hmm. I believe it's yep. Helena, and uh, stays with her you know, during that. But other than that, she doesn't have very tight ties with everybody else, except for Sergeant's gone, of course. But uh, yeah, she uh, makes a lot of excuses. And then uh, the final one, I believe in early 1962, when the rubber met the road, there was some kind of fire in her uh, salon in New York, where she was. She didn't own it, but she was a worker there. And uh, apparently uh, it, it really happened, but i didn't I don't think there was uh, quite the uh, I, I think it was an excuse for her not to come. Was uh, it she was it by that point that the writing was on the wall like this is not going to succeed and she's being she's being ridiculed, uh, you know, by the by the DeBaca County Press and those. I mean, do you, do you think at that point she just said, uh, you know, this really probably isn't worth it? I, th I think you're right. I think there was a I think she was scared. Um, she was getting, you know, some very, very, I mean, let's face it. Uh, if you've been witness to any kind of uh, Billy the Kid controversy over the last 30 years, you, you know that, you know, you can get your, <laughs> your reputation full of mud, mm -hmm. you know, if you, uh, if you want to. And certainly that extended back into the, uh, the, the 60s. But there was a leftover, there was kind of the leftover taste of the, the Brushy Bill situation. Mm -hmm. And uh, so people were kind of, they, they were nasty in the press on both sides, mm -hmm. both the DeBaca and Lincoln. Uh, they had, they pretty much had, uh, they're fighting each other <laughs> yeah. pretty much through the press. Yeah. But so, there is, yes. there is a star witness. Um, Louis Bowdry does show up to testify. It seems like the trial itself is kind of anticlimactic as, at least as it reads in the book, that there's all this buildup and there's posturing and 
you know, one-upmanship, and then the trial itself kind of fizzled. Uh, did, did, did I understand that correctly? You got it exactly right. Uh, all the buildup, everything that happened before that, from that luncheon at the Wortley, all the way until, you know, the intervener status and uh, the hearing being set up. When Lois Telfer didn't show, it really took all the gas out of Lincoln County's possibilities of even uh, trying to oppose the intervention. Interestingly enough, uh, Louis Bowdry did did come. He came all the way from from uh, Oklahoma. He took his daughter with him, um, and it was like a tourist trip for him. He just went kind of cross state, and he did what they asked him to do. Um, but I I'm still amazed that no there was no scrutiny of of uh, Bowdry's claims. That to me was one of the most shocking things. So there's a uh, there's a verdict in the trial, and the verdict is. Oh, the verdict is that uh, there there was not to be any digging. That they decided to to uh, it was to leave to leave as is. So I have a question. I am not an attorney. I don't even play one on TV, but I read, (laughs) I read the court's decree and there's something buried in there that I think uh, is fascinating to any Billy, the kid uh, buff, although it it's, it might've just been considered uh, something you blow by in the written opinion, the legal, you know, verdict of the court, it says in that Billy the Kid was killed on July 14th, 1881 in Fort Sumner, New Mexico. And aside from Pat Garrett's uh, 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 coroner's jury inquest, I don't know that there's ever been any other legal verdict or opinion that contained that verbiage. You're correct. Uh, that's uh, that's kind of fascinating because the you know the issue uh, was and, and maybe to some and definitely to some people still is in question. I don't think people know that a court said this guy died here on this day by you know this person's hand. Um, is that some sort of revelation that people have glossed over for the last sixty years? Well, it did set of of, of some kind of legal uh, precedent uh, that that folks could claim subsequently. Uh, but uh, yes, you're you are correct. Uh, it got got put into the uh, record as well as uh, some other things that probably shouldn't have been because I thought that would have been just too plain a fact. I mean, there were witness statements that were made, uh, but as far as legal documentation, you're right. The you know the yeah the coroner's report. So, so if, uh, oh, I'm sorry. Go ahead. No, no, that's. I'm sorry, I, I ruminate. <laughs> <laughs> so if someone were to say, hey, is there any legal proof or evidence that Billy the Kid was killed uh, 14 July 1881 in Fort Sumner, New Mexico, you could actually mm-hmm. point to the copy, Correct. I guess, of the uh, coroner's jury report and of this case out of DeBaca County. That is absolutely correct. Wow. I see. I never knew that. And to me, when I saw it, it was like, it's not even the verdict. The verdict comes after the verdict is, Hey, you can't move the body, but it's just part of the decree. And I saw it and I thought, wow, there's a bright shining light there that I never knew existed. 
Um, at the end of this case, um, I, I think, if I remember correctly, Morrison was actually there or couldn't get in the courtroom, uh, you know, as kind of an interested observer. But Morrison actually kind of flipped near the end of this and Correct. withdrew his support and his belief that Lois Telfer was even related to Billy. Is that right? Well, I think uh, the problem, I think by that point, uh, I think uh, Morrison had his doubts and uh, it may have been swayed by Telfer's hesitancy uh, to come back and testify in court. I wouldn't be surprised if that was part of it. But by then he had been sought out by, because I mean, at that point, the state's attorney was looking for, well, was there any kind of other possibilities that, you know, he might not be there even for the body to be there as a legal strategy. And so he did find uh, Morrison and question him. And Morrison, of course, uh, by that point was clearly on the, uh, other side of the argument and he was trying to get in and i believe the, the, the building was so crowded that he literally i don't think he could get in uh there was just that many people there uh, so i i'm trying want to get inside the mind of morrison initially his his goal or his aim is hey yeah let's dig that thing up let me show you there's nothing in there there's a box of rocks or a saddle or a side of beef or whatever you know stories have come up over the years um, but now that's not going to happen. So does he disalign himself so that he, he maintains his credibility? Um, yes. Be, that was the, the reason then. It was uh, because really he had, he had his own uh, motives and it never had uh, shifted from that. He, you know, he really hadn't, uh, I guess, I, I hate to say the word, um, he didn't ally himself with the, Lincoln County group, he more or less associated himself with them. Mm -hmm. And as soon as uh, he saw that it was not the path for him, he kind of went out, you know, went out on the other side and, uh, and perhaps maybe he, he did a calculation. I think he probably felt uh, it was probably best for his own reputation to go that way. But I mean, that's typical. I think he had been through a terrible ordeal already. Yeah, no, no doubt. Um, I and you have uh, some letters later in the book from Morrison to various people, and I, I, as I read those letters, it impressed or struck me that this is a guy who really believed in Brushy Bill Roberts. Um, yeah. There, there have been others that have said, eh, you know, he probably invented it, or he probably coached the guy, or you know, he, you know, he was looking to insert himself into. Uh, New Mexico history for some reason, but I, I feel after reading those letters, which I had not read before, he absolutely believed that he had found the real Billy the Kid. Do you see it the same way? Yes, I really do. I mean, uh, first of all, Morrison had a connection to Billy through uh, uh, the Pete Maxwell family. Mm -hmm. um, you know, he was related, I believe, to his uncle's family, Ferdinand. And um, there was a, a certain connection he had with him so he felt he had some gravitas you ever look at his letters they they're not only they pointed <laughs> and sometimes angry but they're rambling and they'll go on for two or three pages trying to prove different points of what he was trying to say he was very insistent about each of those points and uh it's also interesting that most of his letters uh the, those that uh left his possession went to illinois 
where the family was initially from rather than anywhere in either Texas or New Mexico. And I think so, that's how bitter he was. Yeah. So Morrison uh, kind of retires to El Paso, if I have that correct. Well, he um, lived there. Yeah, he was a paralegal um, of sorts there. He was so a legal he, professional. He goes back to his profession, and uh, and then he dies. Uh, I don't remember. So I think it was in the 70s, um, but never never gets another shot, it seems like, to prove his case for Brushy Bill. No. I think uh, after that, I think uh, it had played itself out. And people, I think, were genuinely tired of the controversy over Billy the Kid. And and it gets that way. If you notice, it goes very cyclical. Yes. <laughs> it goes for about 20 years. And then they come back, you know. <laughs> so it's uh, there's a lot more voices now. Uh, but uh, that's similar to what happened to Morrison. That was his parting shot then or his last chance. And, of course, the whole controversy uh, reawakened again when our friend Steve Cedarwall uh, along with uh, Tom Sullivan and uh, Gary Graves got involved with the attempt to exhume the grave. And we all know, well, we don't, we may not all know what happened with that. That'll be a subject of another podcast, but yeah, it (laughs) it fired up all, all again. And that court case lasted for over a decade. So um, are we due for another one here? We're coming up on 20 years. Do we have? Well, uh, yeah. I mean, every couple of decades, I think the interest over, uh, over Billy, it never fades away among us hardcore Billy aficionados. Uh, but, uh, you know, and there's been a lot of good uh, contributors over the years. But I like to say history is never finished until, because you know, there's always something new to discover. People think that because you have, and, I, and I'm probably opening a can of worms here, <laughs> the one image of Billy the Kid, that that's the only image there can be. I, I don't I don't understand the logic in that. You know, the fact is that there would be more than more than one image in his lifetime. This just makes sense. Probably multiple. Yeah, very uh, likely. I think the thing that you see probably most on social media is that people just randomly keep throwing pictures up. And, and I think it collectively it exhausts people from, oh, here's five new pictures. Yes, of like, you are there, correct. There can't be a hundred, but there could be five or ten. Correct. And so when you try there to read through them, yeah, yeah, there could be. Now, uh, you know, they're you know, I no, please don't ask me which ones I believe. <laughs> I I have made it quite plain which one I and there's only one other that I've actually uh, thought was true because I had traced its historical roots. But other than that, uh, the others, uh, you know, I'm I'm not one to take every photograph or image of Billy and say, hey, that's him. You know, mm-hmm. I'm just I'm not trained that way. Mm-hmm. You know, so, uh, but uh, you're right. Uh, to answer your question, I'm, uh, every 20 years, there's going to be another surge of interest in Billy the Kid because something else will come up. Okay, well, we're we're right on the verge of that. I'd like to uh, thank you so much for telling us the story of, uh, you know, this, this landmark court case. Uh, but I, I want to take you as a brief aside here, because you talked about uh, Brushy's meeting with Governor Mabry and if I have the information correct, Morrison is not an attorney. He's a paralegal, but he hires or engages uh, a law firm from El Paso to assist with this meeting. And those attorneys, there's no documentation of this that I've seen. So if there is, please tell me, but those attorneys basically instruct Brushy stick to the, the pardon. Don't admit to any other crimes and, you know, focus on this, this thing, this pardon that uh, Lou Wallace apparently promised you. But in the meeting, 
the reports are that Brushy falters badly under the pressure of the you know media being there and Garrett's sons. He doesn't remember Garrett's name, and specifically, he says that he just rode out of Lincoln and he did not kill Bell and Ollinger, which clearly is a misstep if you want to be believable yes. because yeah, we got we got bodies and we have witnesses. So here's the thing that I wanted to talk to you about. Uh, back in uh, 1880, territorial law in New Mexico actually had a statute of limitations on first degree murder, 10 years. So from that standpoint, the, the there could be no, if, if Brushy went up before the governor and said, yeah, I killed him, you know, I, I needed to get away. There could not be any charge. He couldn't be risked being hauled away, except, and this came to me when I read your book, Ollinger is a deputy U.S. Marshal. Correct. So there's not a terror. There could be a territorial charge, which could be dismissed, but then there certainly could have been a federal charge. Do I have that right? You have that right. So that's probably one of the cruxes of the of the attorney's instructions to brush you to go, hey, don't admit to this, because if you do, who cares if you get pardoned for the murder of Brady? They can they can you know execute you for killing Ollinger. So. That really hurt Brushy's chances to be really to be heard and to be believed, do you think, or or am I reaching here? Well, by omitting that, I think you're giving people ammunition to say, well, that is that isn't you. You know, you're you're not you're not uh, you're misremembering or not remembering selected parts of your career. Mm -hmm. Um, But yet you want to be claimed and want to be believed. And so there there is that particular issue of credibility that yeah that certainly hurt him yeah Um, you can't imagine that somebody would go oh okay well you didn't kill those guys so i guess they're still alive somewhere because clearly i mean they there were two dead bodies multiple witnesses a lot of people wrote about it so there you go Um, i'm gonna put you on the spot but you don't have to stay on the spot you can defer (laughs) (laughs) You know how many times I've been put on the spot? <laughs> sure. So I'm going to ask you some questions. Uh, the first one, this is a softball question. Um, I, I ask every guest, is there some big discovery yet to be made about the life and times of Billy the Kid? Or have we got all the big stuff by now and, and other things will just be minor details? Well, I, I think no, because I think there will be more. Uh, and I think uh, there will be more because I think there's more to find. One of the things that that Steve Cedarwall has done is he's bringing, uh, he brought a kind of a police investigatory slant to this that was kind of a little bit ahead of the curve on uh, some of the other historic cases. As you can see, you know, a bunch of them started doing that after uh, he he began with the DNA and so forth. Uh, so there's there is more, and there's certainly plenty until there's actually a DNA. Uh, another DNA test, I think, um, that's more uh, solid, I guess, in in grounds, because I think what they did was they did use the DNA from the workbench. Mm -hmm. Um, Of course, remains are always better uh, when you have that. And until that happens, there's going to be that hanging question. Um, But no, there's always going to be things that are going to uh, little things, but you never know where they lead. Uh, so it's not really putting me on the spot because I, you know, when I when I start got the Billy Bug and I guess it was two thousand three, I didn't think there was a lot 
for to look into but i was wrong after talking to steve there was so much to look into mm-hmm. you know uh, there was so many little things that goes wrong i think people sometimes settle into a an answer they feel comfortable with mm-hmm. and uh historians uh you know they're they're diligent in what they do but there were things that were not around in 1960s 1970s that are around now So that was the easy question. Now I got a couple more for you. Um, was Brushy Bill Roberts actually Billy the Kid? <laughs> oh, you're going to put me on the spot there. Um, I always, I'm one of these uh, historians that never say never, but I'm going to say this. Until I see more evidence of it, I am still in favor of the fact that he is not. Got it. So it could be still a possibility. There's evidence out there that points in in his direction, but you don't, you haven't seen a, a preponderance of that to say for sure he was. Right. Not enough to convince me otherwise. Gotcha. Yet. But I leave well, the door open because that's what historians should do. Yes. Uh, was anybody else Billy the Kid? John Miller, uh, you know, some, some guy that uh, lived up in uh, Seattle. It, what was there, are there, is there another serious contender? Well, the, the John Miller uh, case was interesting. Um, and that's only because there was, um, I, I believe, uh, Steve looked into that some years ago. Mm-hmm. Um, and there was a book uh, that uh, it was possible. I mean, that, that there was kind of a strand there. Um, but other than that, no. Um, I, because remember, a lot of these famous figures, John Wilkes Booth, Jesse James, all had people claiming, mm-hmm. you know, that they were them. And, uh, and while I'm not willing to say, you know, I'm not willing to say absolutely not, I'm, you know, there's a natural skepticism, you know, prove it to, Mm -hmm. you know, that's, you know, give me the proof of it. Yeah. So far, you know, there haven't been. Hasn't been. And interestingly enough, as you spelled out in the book, two people that said that they were somebody actually either proved or or very likely not to be Lois Telfer and Louis Bowdry. I mean, they said we're relatives of these people. You could just assume it in 1960 and it would be difficult at that point to disprove. So, you know, going back to John Miller, Brushy Bill, anybody before that, you could have claimed to be anybody you wanted. And if enough people believed you, there could be some credence to the story. Um, I've got another one though. Are okay. the re- Are the remains, whatever's left, of what was buried on 14, 15 July, 1881 in the Fort Sumner cemetery. Are they still there? If he was buried there, I believe they're still there. Nobody has come in those intervening years and dug that up or, or you don't believe anything like that had happened. Well, you saw the part where they were confused about where the grave actually was. Yes. Uh, the, the, those who buried him actually argued uh in as old men you know they were kind of out there looking and said no it's it's not there it's here and they never did decide that um i don't think uh, there would be literally they would have to dig up uh, you know parts of the cemetery in order to find them now, they, they did do a mass removal of soldiers mm-hmm. you know from fort sumner it's possible during that time alone would have been the only other time I don't believe they did. Yeah. Because remember, did. there was nothing to market at that point. Right. The marker but, was gone. You know the story about the marker. Mm-hmm. 
uh, in which the wooden, uh, I guess it was a, a wooden marker, um, and the New England Cattle Company head who owned the land there literally pulled the thing up and said, I'm taking this with me <laughs> and putting it in the museum back east and then yeah. it disappeared <laughs> went, went back east some somewhere in the uh new england area and it's never been seen again and i, I talked to david thomas who's the author of the book billy the kid's grave which is just yeah. a history of the cemetery and right. uh and that could still be there i mean it's probably pretty likely by this point somebody's you know i don't know they they did a kid's art project but it could in somebody's basement or attic still be sitting there somewhere the original uh, exactly picket so if anybody knows where that is give uh, david or myself a call and we'll <laughs> we'll, we'll come and, and protect it uh, protect it for you i david, would love to know i would yeah. love to know i would uh, too but there they witnessed the the witness uh was a pretty credible witness was jack potter who was later a politician um who witnessed the uh the snatching so to speak of the uh the wooden marker and uh, it was placed and strapped onto a stagecoach, and that was the last he ever saw it. Uh, he did try to find it in later life and was unsuccessful. So, David, if people want to uh, read the book or any of your other books, what should they uh, go? Are we going on Amazon to find these? Where do we find them? Well, uh, Amazon, especially for uh, Here Lies Billy the Kid, uh, but uh, certainly um, I, I believe you could probably. You get them from uh, the publisher itself, and it's Cold West Publishing that did uh, Here Lies Billy the Kid. Mm -hmm. uh, my other Billy the Kid book is uh, Blackwater Drum, mm -hmm. which uh, people, which may have been a bad title to give it because there is another Blackwater Draw that deals with dinosaurs. That's oh. not, not it. Uh, it's Blackwater Draw, meaning uh, the place where your horses drink some water, Blackwater Canyon. Um, and that one was uh, done by Sunstone Press back in 2011. And uh, but you could find that um, online as well. Gotcha. All of your major, your your major uh, online ones. So well. I've done the modern history of the Marshals as well. Yeah, I see that uh, forging the star. So I'm on uh, Amazon now. So I will um, never write a book that big again. Uh, yeah, I'm not to the point of how many pages but now now you have me curious to find out how many are in there <laughs> and uh it's 500 six, oh wow 500 pages that's a lot <laughs> that's a lot it's getting to be a, a james mishner uh, novels <laughs> so we'll put all those links in the show notes um david i want to thank you so much it's been fascinating for me uh, to shed light on a subject or or an occurrence that many people don't even know about I uh, had no idea that the Lincoln County War 2.0 took place. 3.0 took place in the early 2000s. And I guess we're bracing for Billy War 4 coming up sometime in this decade. Hopefully we'll. It's almost it's almost a given, you know, <laughs> uh, judging by that. But I probably it may it may be after I'm gone. You never you never know. Yeah. But uh, yeah, I've, I've uh, definitely uh, appreciate your time on this because this book, I really wanted to get the story out there. I've I've didn't well, I wasn't able to do a lot of speaking engagements on it before the pandemic struck. Yeah. So yeah. Uh, I'm, I'm just glad to, that people can see this particular side of the Billy the Kid saga. Absolutely. Here lies Billy the Kid by David Turk, Cold West Publishing. Look for it, read it. I love it. Let us know what you think, David. Thanks so much for being here. I sure appreciate you. Have a great day. Oh, thank you, Michael. Thank you. 